Gracious and holy God, we give you thanks for your holy presence among us. May the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, during this last 10 days, uh, I've been uh, at home pretty much and kind of uh, bound by the walls here uh, in the yard. And uh, so I've done a lot of thinking about this thing called liminal space, this time between something that was and something that is yet to be kind of a, a holding or a waiting time. Many of us have experienced this. We've been going through it for about six months and some of you still are at home mostly and I know you're growing weary. I am growing weary in just 10 days. It left me with a lot to think about. And this parable that we read this morning for our um, message had me thinking about that because in a very real sense, this is a parable about waiting. And so I imagine there's Jesus and he's talking to his followers, like, like his best friends, you know, gathered them around, he's telling them a story. We know it's insider talk because he opens it that way. He says, here's the deal, friends. The kingdom of heaven is gonna be like this. And then he tells the story. Well, if you know anything about the kingdom of heaven in the first century, you're probably a Jesus follower. So he's using insider language. So in a very real sense, he's talking to you and me, the churchgoers today. And so I said, what is it he's trying to say? He sets this odd little story in the midst of a wedding. Now Jesus uses wedding stories a lot in the book of Matthew and in his parables. And I think he does that not only because probably Jesus enjoys a good party and that's what weddings were in the first century, but also I think there's more to it. In the midst of a wedding, there is this covenant, covenant between two people, a covenant between those people and God, a covenant between all the people and God. There's this commitment, this vow that is made. And so in a very real sense, Jesus is leaning into this notion of making a vow to really exercising that which we commit to in our relationship with God. And so Jesus says, there is this wedding with 10 bridesmaids and a bridegroom. Now, out of the 10 bridesmaids, he tells us right off the bat, five of them are very wise and five of them are not so wise. And it has to do with their lamps. Now, in the first century, a lamp looked about like this. It fit in the palm of your hand. And the role of the bridesmaid was to light the path of the bridegroom that would be coming to the bridal party. And so they take their lamps. And you might imagine that it doesn't hold much oil. Five of them bring another vessel full of oil but the other five don't. And the wait, well, it's long enough that they all fall asleep. Not just the ones he calls foolish, but all of them. The wise and the foolish tire in the waiting and they fall asleep. And when the sound at midnight, Someone yells, shouts out in the midst of the night, wake up, wake up, the bridegroom is coming. 
the bridesmaids spring into action. And five of them can light their candle, their lamp. But five have to run off to town for more supplies. And they get left out of the party in the end. So is this a parable about being prepared? Or is this a parable about paying attention to the details of the lamp? I think it might be both. I'm reminded of a parable that's set in a much more modern setting. I, I heard this parable the first time in Facing the Giants, a football movie, and two coaches are talking. And the older, more wise coach shares this parable with the younger one. He said, there are two farmers who are praying for rain because the drought is severe. The one farmer takes to the field and plows it. The other one does not. And so God provides the rain, answering the prayer of both farmers. And then he asks, who are we? the farmer who prepared for the rain or the farmer who did not. You see, God blesses and provides the rain regardless of whether we're prepared or not. The true blessing is for those of us who spend the time preparing. We've kind of been in that time for the last six months, haven't we? We've been wondering what God is doing and when this COVID will be over and how long will we have to stay like we are today. It's a time of waiting. It's one we're growing tired of. Many of us uh, want to yawn and fall asleep and just hope that it will be over. It's a time when we're waiting in all kinds of areas in our life. As United Methodists, we're waiting for critical decisions about our denomination. As Americans, we're waiting for critical decisions about the 2020 election. It seems like we are in this holding pattern. So I asked myself, what could I be doing with this time that I'm waiting? And I think there's a lot we could be doing. There's a lot we have been doing. I'm thinking about the way we leaned into technology. How we, uh, before COVID entered the scene, we were not producing our Sunday morning worship services online for those to see us that might not otherwise come to our building. And so we've learned how to do that. How many of us before six months ago didn't even know what Zoom was and now Many of us have frequent flyer miles on Zoom. I think about our Character Builder Sunday School class and how these women of 80 and 90 years old have, have actually determined that they were going to not let technology beat them. And instead they leaned into asking for help from their children and their grandchildren so that they could get set up on their iPhones or their computers and see each other's face every single Monday morning and have their lesson that means so much to them and continue to love and to pray for one another in significant ways rather than being left without 
And then our we have other Sunday school classes that meet via Zoom. We've been able to do Zoom uh, meetings for the business of our church. We've been able to um, learn how to be a, um, a single council and what that means and lean into that. We've learned how, we've set a budget for next year. We have um, had our charge conference. We have met with the district superintendent. All of this via technology. And every day we learn how more and more creative ways to use technology. How to communicate with, with us, with our, each other via email on our technology, via text and all kinds of technology. I'm reminded that we use this time to prepare by leaning into hearing the cry of those around us. how to be that voice of reason in our families and in our community when it seems like the voices that want to divide us and tear us down are the loudest ones. Can we use this time to learn how to be that voice of reason and peace? Can we use this time to learn how to find that which we share in common rather than that which divides us? Can we exercise our spiritual muscles in such a way that we become adept at doing that? So much so that when things are troubled and chaotic around us, people look to us to bring that voice of reason and peace and calm to the situation. I also wonder if this is a parable about being about being attentive to what God is already doing. In this time, there is all kinds of things that have sprung up in our community in ways that God continues to meet the needs of those around us. It is during this time that a new organization called the, the Denton and, and um, Wise County um, Child Advocacy Board has formed and We've seen the way that God continues to work in our schools and bring technology to the art of learning so that no child is left behind here in Decatur. We've also seen the way that God is working in the dialogues of small groups that our district superintendent, Joseph Coburn, is pulling together to talk about inclusion and diversity in this community of people that is becoming more and more diverse all the time. How do we bridge the gap between the home that speaks mostly Spanish and our English uh, speaking schools and, and making it a place where our children feel safe and can learn? In these important conversations that are going out into the community, I think God is present in those in those conversations because God is present in the hearts and the minds of the Christians who are having those important conversations. So I find myself asking, what are we doing with this liminal time? Are we preparing? Are we paying attention to what God is already doing, not only through us, but around us? Are we anxiously awaiting to engage in those new and exciting things that God is doing 
Or is God going to find us asleep? I like the way Matthew ends this. He ends it with Jesus turning to his disciples and saying, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The day nor the hour of what? When God will be present again? I think we all know God is present even now. The day or the hour when COVID might pass? The day or the hour when we know more about our denominational setting? The day or the hour when we know about the presidential setting in our situation in our nation? Friends, let's not be caught asleep. Instead, let's be the light. Let's take God's message and be attentive to God's light in our community. And let's share it with everyone we meet. Amen.